Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Saturday, February the 3rd, 2024. It is currently 9.21 p.m. Central Time, and I am coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Well, it's Saturday night sermon prep. I, I, I really got most of my preparing for tomorrow done earlier today. I, I kind of finished everything up relatively early. I, I finished first the the first hour, the plan for the first hour, what we call Sunday school. I, I mean, some people come to our church and like, there's not much of a dif- difference between your Sunday school and your worship hour. Okay, maybe there isn't, but hey, the point is, no matter when you show up at my church, you're going to get an hour of teaching, okay? It doesn't matter when, when it, if it's Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday, you're getting an hour of teaching. That That's what happens, all right? So, um, but I got that, I got that accomplished. I'm hoping, I'm hoping everything goes well. I, 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 I'm, I keep struggling with myself, whether I should or shouldn't do it, but I, I think, I think that's what we're going to do tomorrow. And then for the morning worship hour, all right, for the 11 a.m. hour, Sunday school begins at 10 a.m. and the morning worship service begins, we say 11 a.m. It really begins at about 11, 10, 11, 15. But the 11 a.m. hour, well, we are, as we you know, all through 2024, we are using the historical lectionary, and we're looking at the historical liturgical calendar. And I have received a question in regards to the lectionary. Now, what we're going to do this evening is I'm just going to kind of preview the lectionary readings for tomorrow, because they're somewhat baffling to me. I think I have, I think I have a plan. I think I have a plan for what to do. I think I do. And I say, I think because you never really know how it's going to go until you're done. All right. But, but if you're listening tonight, then you're going to be able to preview the lectionary readings and, and I, I may make some comments here and who knows. I'm just going to try to get you thinking about maybe how to put them all together. And we'll talk about that. But someone went to theologycentral.net and they left a review. Now it's not, it's, it's not, I mean, it's a little bit of a review, but it really has two questions. It's really, it's kind of a review. It's really two questions kind of disguised as a review. Now I look, I appreciate anyone going to theologycentral.net and leaving a review. Hey, I'm always grateful for that. That's awesome. That's wonderful. That's great. So I'm always appreciative, uh, but but the only problem is I can't really, like, unless I leave a review that really answers the question, and then you would have to go look at the review. Yeah, that that's not a very, I, I can't really answer the questions that way. So the only way I know to answer the questions is to turn on the microphone this evening. So really, the the questions are, are twofold. One, about the lectionary, and one, about me. All right, so... I can answer the first question. I'm going to be a little hesitant on the second, and I will explain why in just a minute. All right, here we go. To the first question, I've been asked this now a number of times, which lectionary are you using? I can't find the readings. I've looked at the Orthodox, or I've looked at this, or I've looked at that, and I know everyone is always shocked when I give them the answer, I'm using the lectionary from the Roman Catholic Church. 
And the reason I'm using those lectionary readings is because, well, the Roman Catholic Church has been around a very, 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 very long time. So I tend to refer to that as a historical lectionary. It's been around, it's definitely been around longer than any Protestant denomination, right? Lutheran or Presbyterian, obviously, uh, the Catholic Church, you know, predates those. I know everyone always wants to say, no, we were, you know, but I'm not going to get into all those historical arguments people make, but we can agree that the Catholic Church has been around a very long time. And it's a lectionary. It's just, it just gives you scripture readings. It's so weird. Like people are like, I don't want to use the Catholic lectionary. I, I could get, I could get a disease. I'm not saying the person who asked the question was thinking this way. I'm just saying a lot of people who have emailed me in regards to this, they're, they're kind of like shocked. I'm not, I'm not saying the person who asked this question is going to be shocked, but it's just saying in general, this is their, always the response. And I'm like, you know, you're not going to get a disease. Okay. It's just a lectionary is just a list of scripture readings. And they say, well, what do you do if it has an apocryphal reading? Well, I may read it. I don't, I'm not going to count it as, you know, inspired. I may look at it for its history and try to learn a little bit about the book, but most of the lectionary readings aren't from the apocrypha. I mean, sometimes you'll come into a little section, well, well, at least one of the readings will be maybe an apocryphal reading, but almost without fail, it's it's from the Old Testament that, that we have in our Bible, a psalm, <laughs> we have the psalms in our Bible, and then a gospel, which we all have, or and then on Sunday, an epistle reading, which we have in our Bibles, and then a gospel reading, which we have in our Bible. So, um, most of the time, there's not an issue. Uh, so, it's just the one I go with um, because, well, I... It, they have a multiple 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 year cycle. They don't just have a one year cycle. I like the three year cycle, and they have not only a Sunday readings, they have the weekday readings. So it just works out. And you know, I everyone can find it. I mean, I think everyone can find it. So that's the ones we use, um, and hopefully that will help you uh, locate them and find them. Now, to the person, to the person who emailed me. Um, I don't know which app you're listening to me on, but if you will download the Church One app, that's Church O-N-E. You can do it from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. Church O-N-E. Once you download the Church O-N-E app, the Church One app, do a search for Theology Central. The Church One app becomes the Theology Central app. And I, I've, I got way... I, I stopped doing it uh, in January when I had COVID. I'm going to try to get back into the habit that starting maybe, maybe I'll do it in the morning. If not, I'll do it uh, starting Monday. Well, probably Sunday night. Yes, starting Sunday night, I will send out the lectionary readings for the next day. So Sunday night, I'll send it out for Monday. Monday evening, I'll send it out for Tuesday. Uh, someone emailed me and asked me to do that. And I really appreciate them asking me to do that because I think it's a great a great idea and a great uh, suggestion. I just, you know, when you get sick, the last thing you're thinking about is, let me send out the lectionary. Okay, maybe maybe I'm a little, that's a little hyperbole, a little bit of exaggerated in how I felt. I felt that way. Okay. It's not exaggerating how I felt. I didn't necessarily, well, I kind of sounded pretty bad as well. All right. So maybe I did sound like, oh, let me send out the lectionary readings. But the point is, no matter how bad I sounded, I didn't send out the lectionary readings. So I apologize for that, but I'll try to get back into the habit. So I'm going to try to remind myself that tomorrow night I'll send out the lectionary readings. So if you have the Church One app, Hey, that's another benefit in having that app. I know, I know, I know. For some weird reason, there's a lot of 
resistance to the Church One app. I don't get it. I, I know people have said, well, on Android devices, if you if you go away, it'll stop playing. But I, I you know, I, supposedly we addressed all of those issues. Supposedly they were all fixed in an update. I don't know. I don't have an Android device to check it or to test it, but it just seems Android users do not want to use the Church One app. I don't know why. I I don't know. I when when we had our own standalone app that we were paying, you know, lots of money to have. All the pro everyone it was always Android users. It doesn't do this. I'm not getting notifications. It doesn't do this. And I'm like, oh man, I don't know how to fix it. So I, I don't know if there's something weird about the Church One app on an Android device. If someone out there has an Android device and you're you you listen to us on the Church One app. I would love for you to email me at newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, and just tell me, what are the issues? Because if you'll send me a list of the issues, I'll, I'll do my best to submit them to the right people and see if they can make some changes to fix the Android issue. I, I, I mean, I, and then, of course, you yourself... You can, you can look up Sermon Audio because they're the ones who make the Church One app, and you can uh, contact them and say, hey, I'm an Android user, and this thing's got 75 problems, but it's just a, a lot of resistance to it, and I don't really know why. It's, it's apps. It's so weird. What, a little change on an app, and everyone go, everyone's just like, it, it's the end of the world. I made the joke just recently, SiriusXM updated their app, and man, if you looked on social media, people were losing their minds. I, what's wrong? I can't find this, and it looks all different, and this is horrible, and what happened? And it's like, all you have to do is hit that little search bar, and you can find whatever you want. Well, I, well and, and it's like, it's not that big a deal. You can find you. There was a station. Well, there's it, the station is still available in the SiriusXM app. Deep Tracks, which is you know like a classic FM rock radio station from maybe the seventies, where they played you know deep cuts and so um, you know album cuts. And if you know, I'm not going to get into a whole discussion about music, but everyone lost their mind. I can't find Deep Tracks. It's like just search Deep Tracks. It's well, I I, I don't want to use it on the app. And then then, then oh, it was just all these. Uh, and it's like everyone just loses their mind. It's just so weird. So, um, but yeah, the Church One app, that's that's the way to go. And then um, I'll try to send out the lectionary readings. You'll get a notification. I think the notification should work. And then you can just look at the readings right there. Now, I just give you the reference. I don't type out the whole verses but or the whole passages because there's a, a character limit uh, uh, for the notifications. So, but I think, I think it does what it needs to do. So uh, that's, I would suggest you doing that. Or if you cannot find, um, if you would like to find a website with the lectionary readings, EWTN, EWTN, that's the, you know, the Catholic television radio station. Uh, they have the daily mass readings there. Uh, they may be a little hard to find uh, the What's it? The United States Bishops uh, website. They have the lectionary readings. You should be able to find them relatively easy. But if you cannot, email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, and I will do everything in my power to help you. All right. The second question was, who are you? Because I don't post my name on anything. Well, that's kind of always been my approach, it really has always been my approach. I remember like the, I think it was within, within the first week, maybe the first two weeks of being a pastor. I think maybe the first first week or second week of being a pastor. 
um, they were going to say, hey, we're going to make, we need to make a church sign. And I'm like, okay. And they said, so what do you want on the church sign? And th- so they, I, said, I said, well, we have this and this. And I'm like, okay. And they said, so do you want us to put, you know, uh, that you have, you know, do you want your degrees listed? You know, do you want to be, you know, do you show that you have a bachelor's or a master? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, I don't want my educational credentials somehow listed on the sign. And guess what? I don't want my name on this sign. They're like, what? I'm like, no, I do not want my name on the church sign. My name will never be placed on anything related to this church because it's not about me. If it becomes about me, we've lost the whole point. It's about the teaching. It's about doctrine. It's about theology. It's about church history. It's not about me. My name will not be on anything. Our church website, my name is not listed. My name has never been listed. The only time my name was ever listed and it was not, and it's, it went against my wishes. It went against my wishes is early on when we were way back when we were on Sermon Audio, way back. Um, we, we wanted, I think we wanted to, uh, to try to start doing some live broadcast. I can't remember which thing we wanted to try. And they, they, they said, that, well, you can't do that until basically you have to submit your name and your photograph. And I'm like, I don't want my picture and I don't want my name. And I'll never forget the controversy <laughs> that erupted over the picture. Oh, the great fedora uh, controversy of 20 whatever year it was. Uh, they needed a picture. I'm, I'm at work and I'm, I'm working as a, a civilian contractor for the United States Air Force at this time because I'd been medically retired. Everything that happened to me while I was active duty. And so we we were supposed to have like, company pictures that day. So I wore like, you know, almost like a a three-piece suit, jacket, vest, you know, everything. And I had a fedora, right? And so I'm, I'm sitting in my chair and I kind of got the fedora down and one of my coworkers, she takes a picture and she, and uh, she said, I'm going to send this into the company. I'm like, okay. Well then at that point I was getting emails from Sermonati going, we need a photograph. And I'm like, okay, well, let's just submit this because you know, I got a tie, I got a vest, I, I, and so I, I, and then it was like, how, then I got all of these emails, you wearing a fedora, you think you're all special and you're thinking and everybody, and it was all these people were so furious at me. And I'm like, um, I didn't want my picture. It was, you're taking it far more serious. It wasn't me trying to make some statement. It, oh, it was the most ridiculous thing ever. It was, it was, but now, I, now, of course, in my mind, I'm going to, I was looking at everyone else's picture and I'm like, I'm not going to do this standard looking picture. I'm going to do it differently. So yeah, I got myself in trouble. But the point is I never try to uh, put place my name on anything because, and it's not because I'm spiritual. Let me make this very clear. It's not because I'm spiritual. The reason I don't is because I'm not spiritual. I'm not. I'm a sinner with a microphone. And if I start putting my name, thing, it becomes about me. 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 And it should never be about me. I'm irrelevant. I, I, I say it all the time and I think people think I'm exaggerating. If it was up to me, if I was to die tomorrow, throw my body in an unmarked grave, delete everything I've ever recorded or anything I've ever done and act as if I never existed because there's nothing about me that matters. Even if I accomplish some great thing, it would not, it, it's irrelevant, especially from a theological perspective. Everything in this life is going to burn up. Only that which is eternal has any, you know, 
true meaning. So no, I, I don't ever give out my name, but, but if you would like my first name, you can, well, you can call me Trevor. Now, someone worked with me for almost, what, 15 years and called me Travis for <laughs> like ever. And then they finally found out my name was Trevor and they were like, I've been calling you Travis and you've never corrected me. I'm like, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you get my name right. Uh, the the military had the military had my last name spelled incorrectly. They had the place I would they they had me listed as being from Detroit, Michigan. They had my names. I never corrected anything because I don't care. So so there you go. You you have something that you can refer to me as. But so those are the answers to the questions that I received today. But that's not what we're here to do. Even though that took us you know, what, 18 minutes. That took us way too long, but okay. Are you ready? Tomorrow morning, it will be February the 4th, 2024, and we will be looking at Victory Baptist Church at the lectionary readings for February the 4th, 2024. So we're going to kind of preview them. Now, I don't know if you've looked at them yet for those who are participating in our, you know, journey through the lectionary for 2024, but they are confusing to me, maybe you'll see the connection. Now, I'll, I'll, now, always remember with the lectionary readings, what I what I attempt to do, because I think historically, it's kind of what that was meant to do. Here's the Old Testament reading. Here's the epistle reading. Here's the gospel reading. And that somehow they link together. They, they, they kind of link together. That's the assumption. Now, the only problem with that is obviously we can't go back into history and go, hey, who put this lectionary together? And why did you choose these readings? We don't necessarily have, you know, know, uh, anyone to tell us. So there's a lot of speculation there. So sometimes I'm always worried, man, am I going to try to make these readings connect where they don't actually connect? And tomorrow may be a good example of what, of doing just that. But let's take a look at them. All right. I I think, I think we can accomplish something. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen, the lectionary readings for tomorrow. February the 4th, 2024, the fifth Sunday in ordinary time, the fifth Sunday in ordinary time. The first reading tomorrow is from the book of Job, the book of Job chapter seven, the book of Job chapter seven. Now, whenever I turn to the book of Job, I get really nervous from this, for this reason, all right? Too many times in preaching, too many times in devotional material, people will just reach into the book of Job, grab a couple of verses, and just rip them out of context. Now, they will always provide at least a, a, a an appearance of context. Well, just remember, Job was suffering, but then they just kind of reach in and just grab something out. We have to remember when we're reading the book of Job, we are reading... Well, in some cases, speeches from his friends. Sometimes, now, those words are recorded. God wants us to read them, but it's a record of his friends saying things that are not necessarily accurate or true. In many cases, are completely demonstrating a, a wrong understanding of God and a wrong theology. And in Job, many cases, is expressing emotion and pain and anger and frustration. So you can't just always reach in and go, hey, we're going to preach a sermon on this verse. You got to be careful. So the the lectionary 
tomorrow wants us to start in Job chapter 7. Now, it appears to me that Job, that Job chapter 7 is a continuation of Job's speaking, which starts in chapter 6, verse 1, because it says, But Job answered and said, Oh, that my grief were thoroughly weighed and my calamity laid in the balances together. For now it would be heavier than the sand of the sea. Therefore, my words are swallowed up. So he, he, he's, he's talking about his pain and he continues, right? And then in chapter seven, Job says this, Job chapter seven, verse one, the lectionary wants us to read verses one through four, then skip to verses six through seven. I hate the fact that they do that, but I'm going to, I'm going to at least respect that tonight, tomorrow. I may, I may not, but here we go. Job chapter seven, let's start in verse one. Is there not an appointed time to man upon earth? Are not his days also like the days of an hireling? As a servant earnestly desireth the shadow, and as a hireling look for the reward of his work, so am I made to possess months of vanity, and wearisome, night, wearisome nights are appointed to me. When I lie down, I will say, when shall I arise and the night be gone? I am full of tossings to and fro unto the dawnings of the day. All right. I'm, I'm just going to continue reading. I'm supposed to stop there in verse four, but I just want you to see in verse five. I don't know why you would skip this. My flesh is clothed with worms and clods of dust. My skin is broken and become loathsome. Right? Verse six, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. Oh, remember that my life is wind. Mine eyes shall no more see good. Now, Job is suffering horribly and you can feel his pain. You can feel his despair. I'm going to read it again in just a minute in a different translation, but I want you to read it. And anyone who knows the story of Job, I... I, I Sometimes I know preachers, pastors, Bible teachers love to somehow go, Job is a beautiful book. It's full of such encouragement. And sometimes I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? Look, we don't have to always give the, the Disney answer, the church answer. Sometimes we can just be honest and real. This book disturbs me to no end. Here's Job, a perfect man, right? Upright, righteous, godly. Everything seems to be going great. He, everything's wonderful. He's blessed. And then God sets it, him up. There's no other way to get around it. God tells Satan, hey, have you considered my servant Job? And then from that point, everything just falls apart. And it's God using Job to, to, to prove some kind of point to Satan. Why does God need to prove a point to Satan? Why? So clearly God has a purpose in it. Now we always try to figure out what the purpose is. I think to make ourselves feel better. Now, one of the things I do love about the book of Job is Job is never given any insight into what's going on. Job just sees life. He sees pain, suffering. He doesn't get any answers. And even at the end, when he starts asking God questions, he only receives more questions. He doesn't get answers. And that's the way life works. You and I, we live our lives and we can go through some absolutely horrible, tragic, devastating times. And we're not going to get an answer. We can try to convince ourselves we have an answer, but we don't. All we can say is God is sovereign and he works his will. Whether I understand it or not, whether I like it or not, 
Even if it causes me pain. And that's hard to wrap our minds around. Let me read that Job, Job chapter 7. I'm going to read verses 1 through 7. I know I, I told you I was going to skip like the lectionary did, but it just skips one verse. I don't know why. But uh, maybe, maybe there's a reason why. But I'm going to uh, pick up another translation. I'm going to pick up another tra- translation. I'm going to read it from this one. Job chapter 7. Job chapter 7 just so that we can hear it, try to really get a feel for what's going on. Job chapter 7, let's start in verse 1. Isn't each person consigned to forced labor on earth? (laughs) I I like that. The King James says, is there not an appointed time to man upon earth? But this is, isn't each person consigned to forced labor on earth? In other words, you're put here. It's not your will. It's not your choice. You are put here and you're kind of, you're here for whatever time you're going to be here, right? You're here. And then, well, you got to do all the things you have to do in this life, right? There's things you have to do. You're kind of just, you, you, it's like you wake up one day (laughs) being born and the next thing you know, you're, you, you didn't you didn't say, wait, I didn't choose this. I didn't pick this. I didn't ask for this. Here you are. And well, you're, you're kind of consigned to forced labor on earth. Are not his days like those of a hired worker? You're, you're, you're kind of here and, you, and you're always at, someone else is telling you what to do. And then you've got to do these things. Like a slave, he longs for shade. Like a hired worker, he waits for his pay. So I've been made to inherit months of futility. So he's like, okay, that's how life is. You kind of wake up and you got to do all of these things. And you know, a lot of times you don't have a lot of say. So like a hired worker waits for his pay. Job is like, I've been made to inherit months of futility and troubled nights have been assigned to me. When I lie down, I think, when will I get up? Like he's, he is bothered. He's like, why am I going through all of this? And then it says, but the evening drags on endlessly and I toss and turn until dawn. So when he tries to go to bed, he's just like, when do I got to get up? Because I got to get up and do what? I got to go back to doing this and doing this and, and experiencing this. You, so much of it is out of your control. My flesh is clothed with maggots and encrusted with dirt. My skin forms scabs and then oozes. My days pass swiftly, uh, more swiftly than a weaver's shuttle. They come to an end without hope. Remember that my life is but a breath. My eye will never see, my eye will never see anything good. You talk about despair. You talk about broken you could, you could, I know some, you know, if he, if he was to say this in a prayer meeting, people would be like, oh, brother Job, you just need to have more faith and you shouldn't be so negative. You shouldn't say such horrible things. You're demonstrating an ungodly spirit. No, I think sometimes the godly spirit is the one that screams out in a spiritual cry of pain, a lament, and acknowledges the reality of what you're feeling instead of pretending. He's like, this can't get any worse. Now, that's where the, the reading is. The, the reading just ends in verse 7. That's it. That's where, that's where the lectionary stops. And you're kind of like, well, okay, what am I to do with that? What am I to do with Job? If I was just going to preach Job 7, 1 through 7, or 1 through 4, 6 through 7, they skip 5. They skip 5. 
So I think maybe they skip five is more focused on his personal like the reality of what his body is going through. And I think they want to be more, I think the lectionary wants to focus more on his perception of the time of life, that his perception of life itself, instead of making it about him, that I think the lectionary wants us to look at just what your days in this life is made up of. And it's made of pain, suffering, and it is brief. Life is made up of pain and suffering, and it is oh so brief. You may feel like it's forever, but it's just over. I mean, it, before you know it, it's just gone. It's just gone. It's just gone. It's just gone. Now, you could say, we could, we, we, look, we can be fair. Job, you could be, he's speaking more from emotion than a mathematical formula, right? He's not like got a mathematical formula going, well, most of my life has been good. No, his pain right now is like, this is life and it's horrible. So, I mean, sometimes we don't, view life maybe, well, the larger percentage has been good. When you're suffering, it's just everything is bad. But we do know this, it's short. It is short, at least in from an eternal perspective. It is here and it is gone. Just like that. I mean, isn't it hard to believe that we're already in the second month of 2024? Feels like it was just the other day that, you know, it was Christmas, and then it was New Year's Eve, and, and now it's, wait, what happened? And before we know it, <laughs> it's going to be Christmas again. It's, it's hard to believe how fast it goes. So that, the brevity of life. Now, so the first reading tomorrow is Job chapter 7, verses 1 through 4, 6 through 7. I really want you to just take that. I don't know what you would do with it if you were teaching. I don't know. You, you, your sermon would not have a lot of hope if you're just staying true to that text. It, it, I, I don't know exactly what I would do with it. Now, the psalm would be somewhat maybe beneficial, but I'm going to skip the psalm. Remember, the psalm is not truly classified as a reading, right? The reading is the first reading, the second reading, and the third reading. The psalm is not viewed as a reading, okay? It's separated. It's separated. It's, it's you know, it's there for worship. But in many cases, the psalm is very much connected to the readings, and I believe it is in this particular case, but we're going to skip it. So we go from Job, suffering, 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 okay? And then we're supposed to open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, my, my initial thought, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, my initial thought was, oh, okay, so we're going to go to Corinthians and we're going to read one of those passages where Paul talks about all of his suffering. Oh, that's, that's going to be brilliant. And well... It, it, it actually turned out to be this. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. All right, so now this is interesting because he does talk about, you know, woe unto me, but it's woe unto me if I don't preach the gospel. That, he, that Paul is like, hey, 
Now, Job is like, hey, I'm kind of like a, a, a forced laborer here. I'm like a slave here, and I'm suffering, and I have to wake up and do work. And then in and, and a roundabout way, 1 Corinthians kind of picks up the concept, but in a different way. Now you have the Apostle Paul going, hey, I have work to do. In other words, okay, now let's, let's see if this works. Now, I'm thinking this out in real time, all right? Let's see if this works. Job seems to be saying you're born into life. You have no choice in it. And it's a life full of pain, suffering, and it's brief. Paul seems to say, hey, salvation, you are born again into, well, the responsibilities you have to do. And his specific responsibility is for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. So, hey, we, well, Preaching the gospel, we can take no credit for. It's not about us. It's kind of like what I said here in the beginning of my introduction, right? The reason I don't get my name is it's not supposed to be about me. It's not about me building up a, you know, a, a, a small kingdom on earth. Well, everyone knows my name. No, no, it's about preaching the gospel. I have nothing to glory in. It's the gospel people should be glorying in, not ministers, not which team you're on, not all of that nonsense, okay? That's why I, that's why I cannot stand the conference industrial complex of Christianity, where people have to pay $50, $60, $100 to get into a conference to hear people preach the word of God. People are paying that money because of the names inside that room. Because they could go to any church and hear the word of God preach, but they're driving past church after church after church to get to the arena, the stadium, or maybe even to a church, and they're going to pay money to get to the door. And what's what's being offered? What's being, celebrities being offered. And people say, I hate the celebrity culture within Christianity. Well, stop paying money to get into buildings to hear people preach the word of God when there's churches all over this country that you can walk into for free. But for necessity is laid for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. Paul seems to say, I have a responsibility, and woe unto me if I don't me. Job is like, hey, I'm put in this life, and I have these responsibilities, and I'm suffering. Paul's like, hey, I have a responsibility, and woe unto me if I don't preach the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly. I have a reward, but if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me, but if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me, that is an interesting verse. What exactly is Paul talking about there? Let's read that quickly. Let's read this quickly in a different translation. That's 1 Corinthians 9. That's verse 17. I'm going to grab a different translation really quick. That's an interesting verse. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 17. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if unwillingly, I'm entrusted with a commission. Okay, that that seems weird. All right. Um, If we look at it, does this verse uh, see here? Necessity alludes to Paul's commission at Damascus as a chosen vessel who has been given a stewardship to discharge the uh, the message of the gospel to the nations. So it seems like, hey, I can do this willingly. 
and I have a reward, or I can do this unwillingly, like I'm just someone fulfilling a commit, just someone doing a job. Like I, I can treat this like, well, time to make the donuts. I have a responsibility. I can just see it as a responsibility. That seems to be what Paul is saying. Now, how does that fit with Job? I don't know. Maybe there's some similarities there. Um, then this goes on. Verse 18, what is my reward then? Verily that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel, uh, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge that I abuse not the power in the gospel. Right? So what is my reward? That I preach the gospel and I do so without charge. I don't charge people for it. Again, that, that to me, that should just destroy the, to me, I, I, well, hang on. Let me read it from a different translation. Let me read it from a different translation. I'm sorry, I was leaning down to grab the Bible. Um, I'm going to read verse uh, 18 from a different translation. Here we go. Um, what then is my reward? To preach the gospel and offer it free of charge and not make full use of my rights in the gospel. Paul's like, my reward is to offer it free to everyone to offer it free. Paul's like, Job talks about his responsibility, but it's all pain, suffering, and life is over. Paul is talking about his responsibility, and it is to preach the gospel. And he, it seems like he can either do it from a, a sense of necessity, or he can do it willingly. And if he does it willingly, there's a reward. And that reward is he preaches the gospel and gives it to everyone. Freely we have received, so freely we give. Freely we give because freely we have received. We freely have received of the grace of God. So why do pastors put the preaching of God's word behind a paywall? I don't understand. Why? Like, look, a big conference will be coming up in March, right? Shepherd's Conference. I know if I say anything negative about it, everyone will lose their mind. Look, you just look at how much it costs to get in. Now, what are you paying to get in? Don't tell me you're paying to get in to hear the word of God preach because you can hear the word of God preach free of charge. You're paying because of the names inside that building. Then the, the lectionary jumps to verse 22. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partakers thereof with you. And that's where it stops. What has that got to do with Job? What does that have to do with Job? Is there a, is there a connection? Now, the gospel reading is Mark chapter 1. If you've been following the lectionary in 2024, you know we've been in the Gospel of Mark over and over and over and over again. Mark chapter 1, verse 29. And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever. And anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her and she ministered unto them. And at, e at, the e and at even, 
when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. And in the morning, raising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. The text wants to continue, verse, or the lectionary continues. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, all men seek for thee. And he said unto them, let us go into the next town that I may preach there also. For, I, for, for therefore came I forth. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. What do those three readings, is there a connection? I think there is, but I'm not going to give it away. This is a preview. It's a preview. There's a preview. What do you think the connection is? What do you think the key is? I think the key is the Corinthians passage. I think the key is the Corinthians passage. Now, I could be reaching, but those are the lectionary readings. I'm assuming, and even the, 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 the Corinthian passage, to me, is much easier to take and to, to turn into a lesson. The Job passage, I don't even know where you would start with that. The Mark passage well, I know how I, I know I went to one school where I studied the Gospel of Mark, but it was all done in a very much an allegorical approach. So all of that becomes very allegorical, right? In other words, they say it's a historical event. When I say it's allegorical, they weren't denying it was a historical event. They're, they they talk about the history of it and that this really happened, but they believe that this these physical healings had a spiritual meaning. So then I had to write papers on the spiritual meaning there, doing a lot of cross-referencing and and stuff to try to make it work. I don't think, and in some ways, I'm going to rely a little bit on that, but but I don't want to give it away. Now, I'm not going to tell you the psalm. Now, I know you can look up all the lectionary readings, but I just want you to focus on that Job passage, the 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 16. So the Job passage is Job 7, 1 through 4, 6 through 7. Why do they skip five? I think because it's more about life. It's not about like what his own physical condition. I don't know. Maybe the physical condition they feel takes away from the, the overall theme. I don't know, but they skip it. Then 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 16 through 19, 16 through 19, and then it skips to 22 and 23. Then the gospel reading is Mark 1, 29 to 39. Now, I place that in your capable hands to meditate on, think about, talk about. Right now, I don't know what time it is where you are. Wake up the family and go, hey, guys, hey, guys, get out of bed. We've got to work on the lectionary readings. And then they're going to tell you, leave me alone. Okay, all right. But so you probably don't want to do that. You don't, you probably don't want to do that. But I do want you to think long and hard about it. All right. Those are the lectionary readings. 
for Sunday, February the 4th, 2024. The second hour at Victory Baptist Church, we're going to attempt to do something with those. I, I, I already realized my, the, my danger is going to be wanting to preach 1 Corinthians, but I'm going to try not to. If I decide to take one of those passages and turn it into a more fuller lesson, I'll do that Sunday night. But for Sunday morning, the goal is to, to, to expose everyone to all the readings and then try to work together to see what we can do to try to put them together. All right. There you have it. I'm dropping my Bible down on next to me. All right. I, I feel like I should give you some profound lesson here, but I don't, that's not the goal here. The goal is, this is a preview. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just presenting it to you. And I'm, yeah, I should have probably done this earlier today, but hey, there you have it. For those, for those of you who are up late, look at that. Well, I mean, it's not really that late. Well, I mean, maybe where you are, it's later, but yeah, whatever, whatever the case may be. Thank you for listening. And, uh, well, we'll see how this plays out tomorrow. We'll be live streaming starting at about, well, we'll start at around 10 a.m. for Sunday school. We won't be dealing with the lectionary in Sunday school. And then the, about 11.15, 11.20, 11.25, whatever time we actually get ready to, to begin, uh, we'll, we'll work on it and hopefully it'll be beneficial. So thanks for listening tonight. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. God bless.